Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky and once again we have a big time show with a lot of big time guests last thursday the ceo of united soccer coaches jeff van dusen announced the launch of this new exciting initiative called the training ground where you will find all kinds of learning resources on all kinds of platforms Jeff Van Dusen will break that down to start the show. Right after Jeff, we'll meet two of the content creator consortium members in North Star CEO Celia Slater and accomplished culture coach Teresa Tree Beckman. Then we're off and rolling talking college soccer. I'll have the call tonight as Rutgers women take on Penn State. Rutgers number four, they're undefeated. Penn State number 17. Rutgers, great story. Madison Tiernan starred at Rutgers. She's now an assistant coach. In fact, right next to Mike O'Neill, one of the best coaches in the game. And of course, her sister Riley Tiernan followed Madison's career as she joined at Rutgers a year ago, wearing the same number and putting up big numbers as Riley Tiernan was named the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. A dynamic player, a dynamic duel in Madison and Riley Tiernan from Rutgers there on the show. After that, it's a Latino soccer coaches community takeover as Mauricio Lazaro has turned it over to the talented Art Hernandez, and he's got a special guest, a guest that you will recognize. His name is Mario Zaninga Hill, and he's been on before. And we end by meeting another member of the great United Soccer Coaches staff office, Michael Kodama. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to be the longtime voice of United Soccer Coaches and always an honor to visit with the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Van Dusen, as we talk about the important launch of the training ground, yet another exciting initiative from the United Soccer Coaches. Jeff, welcome, and with that, in your own words, how would you describe what the training ground is all about? Hi, Dean. It's great to be with you on this uh, fun day to uh, announce this launch of the training ground. And the training ground is an e-learning platform that some of the top companies in the world use to train their staff. And we're going to use it to really uh, engage with our members. Why was it important to invest in improving United Soccer Coaches' online education platform? Well, this is really going to send us to the next revolution of coaching education and membership. We're going to continue to be the trusted source of coaching education 
it's easy to use. It's curated for each level of coach, whether you're a youth coach, a high school coach, or college coach. It's going to have monthly content that's going to be rotated in every month for every level. As a man with passion, it's one of the things I really like about you. So I have to ask, what excites you most about the training ground? This is an incredible opportunity for our membership. It's going to give us as an association the opportunity to give content for our members so they can continue to learn and grow as a coach. It's going to give us an opportunity for us to provide education for our members that's reality-based. It's not just a recipe. Here's a training, here's a training plan. Uh, go out and execute it. It's going to talk about how you can be a better coach and how you can execute those training plans uh, even better. It's also going to be more for the holistic coach. Um, all of the things off of the field, like career resources. It's going to talk about coaching journeys. It's going to be talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, fitness, performance, development, game intelligence and game principles, goalkeeping, indoor soccer, futsal, leadership and administration of the game, uh, wellness, technical, tactical and positional training. And then, of course, we're going to have uh, from the vault, which is going to give us an opportunity to go back to the NSCAA days. One of the things that makes me know this is going to work is the cross-pollination where you're going to be part of the training ground online. You're going to be part of the training ground in the soccer journal. You're going to be part of the training ground on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, but none of it works without great content creators. So Jeff Van Dusen, who are some of the content creators that will contribute to the training ground? This is probably one of the most exciting things. We've, we've collaborated with uh, Becky Burley and Brett Ledbetter with what drives winning. And we're gonna have monthly content and monthly engagements with them. That's around leading today's modern athlete. And again, that's if you're a youth coach, a high school coach, or a, or a college coach. We've also uh, tied in with uh, True North Sports and Celia Slater, who's gonna provide all of our uh, career resources. So we're gonna be the career planning destination of the industry. And it's not just throwing up a job board, it's talking about how to get jobs, how to network, transitioning in jobs, meaning uh, when you take over a program or you become a head coach after you've been an assistant coach, it's all the career resources, not just resumes and job finding. Then we also have a bunch of content creation that's really gonna go into, again, that holistic coach. Right, really around the wellness of the game, uh, wellness of the coach, wellness of the the athlete, and all the mental health issues, and and raising awareness with diversity, equity, inclusion. We're going to be able to tell some coaches' stories that help our coaches, our members, relate more to the coaches that are that are at the top level of this game. So exciting, and part of the reason that it draws out that passion. I love it, Jeff. What other new member benefits does United Soccer Coaches have? and is offering, and what is coming this fall and winter, Jeff? Oh, I'm so excited about the new member benefits. One, the training ground is, 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 is going to help us get into that next revolution, right, of coaching education. And we also have our level services. So we have dedicated people in the office for college services, for high school programming, for youth programming. We also have that career planning, as I talked about earlier. We're going to have health insurance for coaches which is a huge benefit. We're gonna have financial planners 
for coaches. Um, then we're also going to have legal services available and relocation services. Super excited about all those new member benefits that really tie into the training ground and our new platforms that we're going to have across the board, meeting the coaches where they are. And that's one of the big things with the training ground. You can use the training ground uh, on your cell phone. You can use it on your laptop. You can use it on your iPad. As we wrap up this exciting announcement that today, United Soccer Coaches launching a new exciting initiative called the Training Ground. If nobody heard anything but this final comment in one sentence, the Training Ground means what to the United Soccer Coaches membership? It means uh, the development of coaches, lifelong learning. And we continue that development of coaches' lifelong learning with another visit from two of the content creator members. This is about career development as we're joined by True North CEO Celia Slater and a culture coach in Teresa Tree Beckman. Celia and Tree, when we return. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps as we are diving into the training ground. Of course, even before the official launch on Thursday, we teased you a little bit on Thursday, Jeff Van Dusen announcing it. And pretty much every week you will hear from one of the content creation consortium superstars. They are indeed superstars. And today we're joined by two of them as we're joined by Celia Slater, who is the CEO of the very successful True North Sports, and we're also joined by Teresa Tree Beckman, who is a team culture consultant and works a lot with Celia. And Celia, as we turn it over, I'd like both of you to maybe go a little bit deeper into your backgrounds. I'll start with you, Celia, and then we'll turn it over to Tree. Sure. I started out as a college basketball player, and then I went on to coach college basketball for 15 years. And then took this concept to the NCAA to create the NCAA Women Coaches Academy. And I did that work for 11 years, working with all coaches of all sports. It was a really interesting time because it probably was the first program that actually brought coaches of all sports together in the classroom, talking about non-Xs and Os, the skill sets around managing, leading, self-awareness, mainly all the people-type relational skills you would need to be successful coaching, primarily at the collegiate level is where I've been, but all of our stuff applies to any level. So it was kind of a groundbreaking program at the time because no one had really brought coaches together and talked about the people stuff we need to be a really good coach. So I did that for 11 years, and then in 2014, I kind of branched out on my own so I could start working with male and female coaches because the work with the NCA Women Coaches Academy obviously was really about helping to recruit and retain women in the coaching profession. So anyway, I still do the same type of work at True North Sports. It's just now my audience is my net's a little wider and 
trying to make an impact on both the female side of coaches and the male side of coaches. That's what I do. I've been doing that for now, probably 19 years. You can go to truenorthsports.net if you really want to take a deeper dive into our organization and the type of work we do. Great job, Celia. Now we'll turn to Tree to tell us a little bit more about herself. Go ahead, Tree. Thanks for having me on, Dean and, and Celia. As always, you know, I, I love being in any room you're in. I um, I was a volleyball coach. I played softball in college. I played every sport under the sun, including boys football in high school. And I fell in love with the process of human growth and team connection through some type of ball or puck or whatever. Like if it has some force that we're trying to move to, I loved it. So I coached volleyball for 20 years. I met Celia. I actually am a very proud NCAA Women's Coaches Academy 2008 grad. And that's where our paths originally crossed. And then I got out of college coaching in 2015. And I've been doing this work ever since where I just kind of live in this Venn diagram of generational understanding, leadership development, and team culture through driving performance. That little sweet spot in there, that's kind of where I live. And I've been doing a lot of work with True North Sports. I'm so excited about the project that we're working on with the uh, Soccer Coaches Association. So that's kind of a a little bit about me in a very quick nutshell. As we get started, particularly learning about the fact that you are writing an article to United Soccer Coaches about an overview of our coaching compass and the Coach Development Academy, before we get into that, Thursday, Jeff Van Dusen announced this training ground, which again, as I said earlier, is a content creation consortium in so many areas. Your area is focused on career development, one that Jeff spent extra time, I felt like, in his announcement. So just the overall picture of the training ground as it moves forward, and of course, it'll continue to develop and we'll tweak it, Celia, but big picture, how are you feeling about this new initiative from United Soccer Coaches called the Training Ground? I'm really excited about it. When Jeff first came to talk to Becky and I about being a part of it and being contributors to the training ground. I just thought it was a fantastic idea. The thing I really appreciate about United Soccer Coaches, and I've always appreciated this about United Soccer Coaches, and I especially appreciate it about Jeff, is I feel like he's a collaborator. He doesn't mind being innovative, and he's not afraid to try new things. I'm very excited about the potential of this. It's like, I don't even know all the potential of it, but it just seems like As more and more people learn of the functionality around the training ground, it's just going to totally elevate their coach development into a whole nother stratosphere, as far as I can tell. Tree and I both work with a lot of different sports and a lot of different coaches associations, and I feel like all of them are working hard to develop their coaches, and I think that United Soccer Coaches has definitely made a huge commitment to their members by creating this. I don't even think Jeff totally knows where it's going, but it's definitely going. That's the most important thing. Tree, anything you want to add before we dive into your article from our soccer journal? I think the thing that's most exciting to me about, about what we're doing with United Soccer Coaches is just that we're kind of existing to help coaches gain mastery and growth in areas that they don't always get attended to. So like mostly in order to more formally prepare coaches. I think that we have an apprenticeship model right now. And, and I know soccer does a better job than, than most sports, at least in my opinion, with the non X's and O's stuff. But I think that we're trying to add to that so that our coaches can push their teams to a higher level 
and they can feel a lot more supported and confident as they kind of master different skill sets. Right now, it's like you're an, you're a player, and then you're an assistant, and then you're a head coach. Well, those are all very different skill sets, and so we're trying to provide a service to coaches where they feel just more confident, and they gain that confidence through their own hard work and, and preparation in a more formalized way. And I think that's what's most excited about this collaboration. And I'm certainly excited that the podcast is included in the training ground and the content creation consortium. So with that, let's dive in as you guys have written an article about an overview of your coaching compass and compass is all capped. I think that might mean perhaps every letter stands for something. We'll learn that and the coach development Academy. What will we see in soccer journal that you can tease today on the podcast as part of the launch of the training ground? The coaching compass is our effort and our model to kind of lay out what we believe all the skill sets that are necessary to be a transformational coach. The compass, as you guessed, does stand for these areas. And we have created an assessment that actually you can assess yourself on these skills and have your head coach assess you on these skills if you would like to within the coaching compass. Compass is a symbol for true North sports, obviously. So the, the symbol of a compass, but we also use the compass within knowing that we want to follow our inner compass. So we're, we're in our work, we're doing deep, deep radical self-awareness work so that coaches know themselves. They get in touch with that internal compass and they trust it and they follow it. We want coaches to be authentic and genuine in who they are and follow their values, which is pretty much synonymous with their compass is whatever their values are. That's just the symbol of the compass as a whole. So we like that symbol and we were able to outline the skill sets using the word compass, which was, you know, pretty cool. So we were able to identify those key areas we think coaches need to spend time developing. So do you want me to tell you the letters? Yeah, what I'm, yeah I'm waiting. For? I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so C stands for communication. The O stands for organization, management, and leadership. The M stands for moral and character skills. The P stands for professionalism. The A stands for associations and relationships. The first S stands for sport IQ. And the second S stands for self-awareness. Well, that's a, a wonderful breakdown. And as I think about, you know, team culture, all of those works fit right into the kind of things you like to do, Tree. Absolutely. They really do. And if you think about it, you know, as, as we talk about, and, and as you'll see in the article, like most of us spend a lot of the percentage of the pie on that sport IQ thing, right? But most times when, when it doesn't work out with a coach, it's not working out because of all of the other letters on that compass. And so that's kind of where we live. That's our sweet spot. And that's what we're going to try to address for the coaches of this association. Like we want to make sure that we're providing you content that's useful, applicable, and really relevant to right now, what coaches are experiencing right now at all levels from a human element. Some people use a soccer ball, some people use a hockey puck, but we all coach humans and human connection following a two-year pandemic has never been trickier. And with a generation that's, you know, just they have fewer repetitions in terms of how they communicate and how they connect and, and they have less skill sets. So 
Like this has never been more needed. It's always been needed, but I think this is a really critical time to get this to coaches. Amen, sister. Uh, Great. Amen, indeed, as we're here with Celia Slater, who is the CEO of True North Sports. And we're also here with Teresa Tree Beckman, a team culture consultant who works quite a bit with True North Sports and is part of this career development content creation consortium. If you could best sum up what is going to be in the article, let's say somebody is just looking for the USA Today Mick news of it, what would be the best way to sum up what you think the true takeaway from this initial article is going to be? I think the initial article is just kind of giving people a background so they understand the foundation that we're coming from in the content that we're going to provide. A huge part of it, that article is our why. Why do we do what we do? what is it that we do? And then how do we do it? And so it's it's a little bit about all of our why, what, and how, so that people can kind of get familiar with True North Sports and the different types of content that we'll be providing. It also is a little bit of a history of how this all came about, you know, like the coaching compass and how the compass is the foundation for how we started the Coach Development Academy. The compass is really the foundational work. So it's like if the, it's the foundation of the house. And then the Coach Development Academy kind of was born in COVID, to be honest, because we all of a sudden couldn't do in-person programming. And so I kind of got together with Tree and a couple other, my coworkers, Ali Hesse, myself, and the three of us kind of came together and decided, you know, we need to write some workbooks. That's kind of when the Coach Development Academy was born because we wrote three workbooks, managing yourself, managing your program, and managing your culture. I wrote managing yourself, Holly Hesse wrote managing your program, and Tree wrote managing your culture. And then from those workbooks, we develop virtual courses that go with that, that has video content and deep dive activities. And while we're on that topic, the United Soccer coaches all get a discount on our website for those courses. That promo code will be at the bottom of the article so they can actually see the discount that they're going to be receiving. I believe it's 20% off of anything they ever want on our website. Any course, any workbook, anything that's listed there, they would get 20% off as United Soccer Coaches member. And Tree, beyond this article, you're already looking ahead. So October, we're going to start talking about risk aversion with this generation specifically. So we're starting out with kind of the overview, like this is our history. This is why we exist. This is why it's a little bit counterculture sometime to spend all of this time on non-sports specific stuff, but this is why it's important. And then we're going to jump right in head first into here's some specific things that you can do. Very basic. These are some things you can do. If you consider that Gen Z is a risk averse generation, they were born on or around 2001. And what happened then? 9-11, right? So they were raised under this backdrop of risk and of fear of failure. And I know coaches feel that. So we're going to dive right into some, some really relevant things that, that they can address. And so, and we're just going to hop through a bunch of things that address everything except for that sport IQ. As we wrap up our time, as we're so pleased to be spending time on the training ground, particularly as it relates to career development with Celia and Tree, you know, no matter what you're doing, when you think about, I guess, not necessarily the end, because we're always on this journey, but how do you define success in what you do, both of you? That's a great question. I think for me, if we can convince coaches to give some of their time, their money, 
and their energy towards their development as a coach that's non X's and O's, because we know, okay, we know that coaches rarely get fired because they don't know the X's and O's of their sport. They're getting fired because they're not organized, they're bad communicators, their culture is toxic. If we can really start to shift that mentality to understand that it's a people relational profession and we can get coaches to engage in that content and get the most out of it. And it's honestly, it's where they're going to put their energy that they're going to get the most out of it. That's the thing is like, how can we start to shift that mentality and that culture around? Wow, that's that's really helpful. That's juicy stuff. That's going to help me coach my team. It's going to help me be a better leader for my team. It's going to help me teach them how to be leaders and get them to shift it from the tactics and the strategy and the practice planning, which are all important. I'm not saying they're not important, but it's not what's going to lead them to a fulfilling career. And if you don't believe me, go talk to Anson, go talk to Kadani, go talk to, you know, any of the coaches that have been around a long time. And they'll tell you, they wish they would have spent more time on these skill sets when they were younger. For me, honestly, like I, everything Celia said, plus like my goal always is to help inspire and, and connect people so that they want to grow so that we can all leave this world a little bit better in that in, in, in the coach realm so that we can win deeper, right? We can win on the scoreboard all day, but that's winning shallow. I want coaches and players alike to feel like they're winning deeper because that's how we connect people and communities and that's how we are inspired and we grow. We leave the world better that way. Like that's basically why I do anything that I do. I definitely feel like all my years of working with coaches in this particular type of content that when you see the younger coaches and the light bulbs go off, there's just nothing like it. And they're going, God, I never thought of it like that. I really see the value in this now. And all of a sudden this light bulb goes off. But then the other piece of it is if you're a coach in the middle of your career or you're a coach towards, you know, towards the twilight of your career, all of this content can also serve as some fertilizer, some water and some sunshine to kind of reinvigorate your garden of coaching. It will give you a little injection of energy, ideas and innovation and community. Those are just some really important pieces that it doesn't matter. This content is for everyone and everyone, if they're open to it, will benefit from it. And at some level, at some place within inside their person, within their program, within their relationships. Yeah, I would just add on and say like, you know, to that, that one of the, the later points that you made, Celia, that, that, that community piece, I think that more than ever right now, especially coming off the last few years, like we're, we're lonely. Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody's walking around, raising their hand and like, I'm, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. But coaches in particular are on islands. And I think that, I think one of the biggest things that, that we provide for coaches is that sense of community and, and being around like-minded and like-energy people. I mean, that there's just no replacement for that. And when you can start to feel like, even if it's not by meeting another person, but just hearing the stories and reading the articles and going, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Oh, that's great. I feel less alone because I know somebody else. I think honestly, that's one of the, the, the things that people get out of when I work with them more than any is that I'm connecting people all over the country. And I hear their story and I'm like, ah, I just had this conversation. Let me tell you what this other person's going through. And they're like, oh my goodness. So I feel like, the, the community and the sense of not being so alone 
is probably low key, like one of the most important things we could give coaches right now. Celia Slater and Tree Beckman breaking down their coaching compass, C-O-M-P-A-S-S, all caps, and the Coaching Development Academy. Thank you both for sharing that on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gap. Celia, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Dean. Tree, thank you. Thank you so much, Dean. It was great to be here. All right, we're off and rolling, talking training ground. Now we'll switch gears to college soccer again tonight at 6 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. I have a big time match, a top 20 matchup between number four Rutgers and number 17 Penn State. We will talk to Rutgers Madison Tiernan, the assistant coach to Mike O'Neill, and her talented sister Riley Tiernan, who last year won the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Rutgers talking about their game against Penn State as well as their game on Sunday at 1 o'clock against Maryland that I'll also have the call on the Big Ten Network. Madison and Riley Tiernan when we return. This is Dean Linke, longtime college soccer play-by-play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps, and tonight at 6 o'clock, I've got one of the best games in the Big Ten. It's become quite a rivalry as these two teams are top class, talking about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights women's soccer team taking on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Again, I'll have that call at 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight alongside Jackie Manny. And here to join me are not one, but two Tiernans, as we're so pleased to be joined by Madison Tiernan, who enters her seventh season on the staff at Rutgers this year. Rutgers women's soccer welcome back the former Scarlet Knight to the program as director of player development in 2017 following a stint as a volunteer assistant coach starting in December of 2020 Tiernan was elevated to assistant coach in January of 2022 across her time on staff Madison has helped guide Rutgers to six Big Ten tournaments three Big Ten tournament finals and six NCAA appearances Madison competed with the Scarlet Knights from 2013 to 16 concluding her senior season with a team high 28 points on 11 goals and six assists. She would go on to play professionally for a couple years as well before, of course, as I mentioned, returning to Rutgers. I also need to mention that she's coached for PDA, one of the top youth clubs in the country for the last four years. Under her guidance, her teams have achieved great success on the national stage. So we'll start with that. Welcome, Madison, to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. And like I said, it's not one but two Tiernans as Riley Tiernan was unbelievable as a broadcaster, a delight to watch. She wears number 73 and she's the reigning Big Ten freshman of the year, just a sophomore. And she's already on the 2022 Mac Herman Trophy watch list. Prior to Rutgers, she was a 2020 All-American high school game invite participant and a 2021 National USA Today Athlete of the Year nominee. Her accomplishments are endless, but really all you got to do is watch her play and know she is the real deal. Riley Tiernan, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you for having me. 
Well, I love this story of you two. We've got some pictures that we're going to air tonight on the Big Ten Network. We have pictures as part of the promotion where you're at a Rutgers game when your sister was playing. And now, of course, she's coaching you. So we'll start with you, Madison. Obviously, you love Rutgers. You had a great career there. You love coaching. I'm sure you love Mike O'Neill. But how cool is it really to coach your sister, who I'm assuming you also love a little bit? Yes, (laughs) I think one thing is Rutgers is in our family. So obviously Riley was a part of my journey as a player, but never really was expecting to be able to hop on staff and actually coach her. So that's something that kind of came obviously later on. So to be able to have this experience and this opportunity just makes it more special. You know, I mean, on the field, we talk about this all the time. She's another player. Of course, she's my sister, but we keep that very professional. And I think that's something that, you know, just shows she's a great player. I don't need to treat her any differently and vice versa. Um, But it's definitely special to see her, you know, wearing my number and playing on the field, you know, that I played on. So it's definitely a cool thing for us and for our family. So That's awesome. I remember that that was your number. I'm glad that you tied that in. And Riley, from your point of view, what is it like to be one at a big time institution, one capable of winning a national championship, but more importantly, tying to today being coached by your sister? Yeah, I think it's a great experience. I think the culture at Rutgers is amazing, and that's a, a main reason why I wanted to come here. Uh, growing up, watching my sister play, I knew that I wanted to do what she was doing, and she was a really big role model for me. So definitely was a lot of motivation, and having her there with me now, I think she deserves it because she's experienced it again through me, which I think is awesome. But also, uh, I think just like the comfortability and like knowing that she's there whenever I need her, I think it's a great thing to have. Madison, I talked about your accolades as a player. You were great. You had to know that Riley was going to be good, but I described her last year on the air as dynamic, electrifying, one that pleases the crowd. The camera finds her. Did you think she was going to have that kind of season, Madison? I think it's hard to predict. I mean, one thing is obviously Riley's been on the sidelines watching myself and my brother play sports, and she's always had a ball at her foot. So that's definitely contributed to her high level ability. And I think you see the six, I I obviously witnessed the success she had in the high school game, but, and club game, but there's no way to predict how that translates to the college game because it can be so different, you know? So to see her come out and kind of, you know, take it in stride and play like she wasn't a freshman was definitely a proud moment in, in my life. And to see that, you know, she didn't need me she didn't need anybody. She went out there and paved the way for herself. So definitely really fun to to witness and to watch. Well, Riley, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping tonight I can use all those adjectives and more to describe your play as you play a very good Penn State team. It's not going to be an easy out, as you know. What's got to go right for you and the Scarlet Knights to knock off Penn State tonight on the Big Ten Network? Yeah, I think that Penn State's a very good team, and we're both very good teams, and I think that we need to show up and play the way that we always do. And I think the main thing that our coach, Coach Mike, Coach Mike always says is to play together because we're all individually talented. But I think the main thing that puts us over other teams is that we work together as one. Madison, beyond getting a win tonight, I am starting to get the feeling, although we won't hear it from Michael Neal because he always does such a great job at, you know, just giving the players all the credit and, you know, he's not boastful in any way, but I feel like Rutgers is now at a place where they have three seasons. They want to win the Big Ten regular season. They want to win the Big Ten championship and they want to try to win a national championship. Is that too over the top or is that on point? 
No, I think we've definitely been talking about the season in segments. Right now we're in segment two, like what happened in non-conference happened. We're very, really happy with it, but we're not, we're not complacent, right? So we leave that in the past and now conference is the focus. So I don't think we like to look ahead, but we obviously set goals as a team. The team uh, spends a lot of time doing that in the beginning of the season. So there's definitely goals that keep everybody focused and in the day-to-day, but we definitely take it um, in compartments and tackle one game at a time. All right, before we move to Sunday's game, which will have an interesting dynamic, we'll get to that in a moment. On the podcast, I do like to talk about memories, but I'm going to do it in a different way. So I'm going to ask Riley for her best memory of Madison as a player, and then I'm going to ask Madison for her best memory of Riley as a player. Riley, I apologize for making you go first. I know you're younger, but what's your best memory of Madison as a player? Um, I definitely have a lot of those um, because I went to pretty much every game I could Mm -hmm. go to. But one that sticks with me is when they were away at Penn State and she busted her chin open and um, she wrapped it up and I think she went back in the game. So that's definitely um, (laughs) that says a lot about like I think the way that our family was raised. We we don't want to stop, even if like we probably should. And I Mm -hmm. think that that shows how tough she is. And that's why I look up to her and want to be like her. Gosh, I love that answer. Madison, That's don't great. tear up on me. That was a great answer. What's your favorite uh, memory of Riley? <laughs> um, definitely more recently, last year in the Arkansas game, I think obviously we had a, a crowd of 5,200 people on a 30 degree night. And we knew that that strong SEC side was going to come in and give us give us a, a hard battle. And Riley comes out in a minute and scores a goal. And just to, you know, be a part of that experience that as a coach, but then as her sister was just remarkable. And it kind of put it, put it like into perspective that, you know what, Riley's here. It's not a fluke. I think that's a big thing that, you know, Oh, no one knew who she was coming into the season. Obviously there's a little talk about it, but for her to really make that statement, I think, you know, solidified, like I'm Riley Tierney. I'm the big 10 freshman of the year. So definitely a proud moment as her sister for sure. Great answer. One fun question before we move to Sunday's game. And I've got a sister and I was not a fan of her first husband. So I shouldn't have said that because I'm certain, Riley, you're going to be able to prop Ned up just fine. But your sister's going to get married to Ned here pretty soon. What do you think of Ned? Uh, I love Ned. He's like my brother. Yeah, he's just a great person overall. And he fits right into our family. And I literally said to my mom, I think before before they were engaged that if like Madison broke up with Ned, I'd like literally cry and be really sad because I love him. So <laughs> so give us the details, M- Madison. When's the wedding? Yes, we are getting married July 15th of next summer um, in Philadelphia. So close to where our family's roots are. Um, he's from Kennebunk, Maine. So a little bit of distance coming down, but I like to say Jersey girl got the main boy to stay home with her. So, (laughs) but it's, it's funny because this is my last go as a Tiernan before I become a Richard. So Riley's got to carry the rain as the Tiernan sister here. Okay. All right. Well, I teased Sunday a little bit, but it's a big story because Meg Nemzer was the longtime, I think even associate head coach for Mike O'Neill and had been a part of the staff. I guess she played at Rutgers as well, but obviously she's from Maryland and Maryland needed a restart, a recharge. And I feel like they got a good one in Meg Nemzer. So Sunday's game at Rutgers, right? She's coming back to Rutgers. There's going to be, I think, some different kind of emotion for that game. Can you both put into words what it'll be like going against Meg Nemzer, somebody who I'm sure you're very close with? We'll start with you, Madison. Yeah, I think 
one thing the game needs more of is strong female coaches. So to see Meg in a role that, you know, she's able to, to add her flair on it and now lead a big 10 team that, you know, historically has struggled a bit, you know, she's, she's a great coach. So I, I know, I don't doubt that she will, you know, turn it in the right direction. I think, you know, emotion wise, it's going to be weird because I played for her, but also coach with her. So, you know, I think it's like anything else, respect on the field and play within the game. But once that whistle blows game on, you know, so um, yeah, it'll definitely be a little strange. And Kenny Wright as well. She is a former Rutgers player, their director of uh, player development. So a couple Rutgers grads on the opposite side. So it'll definitely be something we're not used to, I would say. Riley? I'd say it's pretty much the same thing. I think Meg's a great coach. Um, they're a good team. And I think we go for any game like we would. It's just like any other team. I think we come out, we play our game. And when the game's over, that's when we can hug it out and stuff like that. But I think a game's a game. So cool to have the Tiernans and Rutgers on the Big Ten Network Thursday at 6 o'clock. They'll take on Penn State. Then Sunday at 1 o'clock, both Eastern, they'll take on the Maryland Terrapins. I'll have the call for both. And, of course, as the host of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, we thought it would be perfect to have both the Tiernans here. As we close out our time, Madison, I talked about Riley being dynamic. And, look, you did lose some key pieces in Amira Ali and Gabby Provenzano, and I'm probably missing a couple other ones. But one of the things I like about this team is you brought a whole lot back can you just talk about a lot of the athleticism and the super technical players that you have on this team yeah I think the big thing especially within the culture of the program is we're 27 strong so we don't like to talk about what we lost but what we have and I think you know the depth is so important and it takes everybody and you know grueling big 10 schedule it's going to be more than a couple strong pieces of the puzzle you're going to need everybody so I think in every position, we feel we have the depth to be creative, to finish our opportunities, but also to prevent other teams from from scoring as well. So I think the depth in all of our um, lines is, has been a huge part of the success to be able to run players deeper in uh, different spots. So definitely like where we're at with the depth. And I, I know that, um, you know, it's, it's important. You need everybody to keep, you know, the culture, the culture has got to be strong for us to win games. So that's a huge credit to, you know, Mike as a leader and all of us leading the, leading the pack together. So definitely need everybody. And Riley, I mentioned how dynamic you are, but part of the reason why you're able to show that dynamic ability is your other players open up so much space for you because they're pretty darn good too. Yeah, for sure. I think um, the main reason why we're all so good is like I said before, everyone's really talented individually, but I think the thing that separates us from other teams is we know how to play together. And I think that even if you're not, you're not scoring or you're not getting in a spot, I think you're opening spots for other people. And I think that we're all playmakers in our own way. And I think that's why we're so successful with each other. And also why we have such like a variety of scores because everyone's so talented and we really work together. Madison Tiernan, Riley Tiernan, an amazing story. Madison, a great player at Rutgers, played pro a little bit, worked her way back on the coaching staff, now is right behind Michael Neal, one of the best coaches in the country, and her sister Riley, who watched Madison and 
her brother play is now one of not only a star on Rutgers, but a star across the country on the 2022 Matt Kerman Trophy watch list. And I have the great honor of seeing both of them on the Big Ten Network tonight and on Sunday. Madison and Riley, really great to have you on. Go Rutgers, and thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're still just getting rolling. As we mentioned earlier, it'll be a Latino Soccer Coaches Community Takeover as they celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Mauricio Lozado is the chair of the Latino Soccer Coaches Community, and he's got a big-time media superstar in Art Hernandez who hooked up with Mario Zeningo-Hill, who's been on the show before. Art and Mario when we return as part of the Latino Soccer Coaches Community Takeover. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. All right, this is Art Hernandez, and I want to thank United Soccer Coaches for giving the Latino coaches community a spot in four consecutive United Soccer Coaches podcasts. And today we have Mario Suniga Hill, who has, has extensive background, not only in soccer, but also in education. He has a, uh, a bachelor's in translation and interpretation from the University of Granada in Spain. He has a master's in soccer coaching education from the Ohio University. He also has a UEFA A license in addition to over 15 diplomas or certifications in soccer coaching education. So Mario, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Ars, uh, thank you so much for having me on, on the podcast. I'm excited to work uh, with the Latino community again. Um, I um, originally am from Spain. Currently, I'm a dual citizen. Been in the U.S. for eight years, and uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm currently with uh, Grand Valley State. Um, I love um, everything that coaches can get out of coaching education, coaching education, and the and the continuous process of uh, learning and and getting better. Uh, and I'm excited to discuss that and uh, anything else that we uh, might have on the table with uh, the Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, and th that's why we're here, Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'm wondering, right, you're from Spain, so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your transition from Spain to the U.S. What has made your trans What made your transition easy? What made it difficult? Can you talk about your transition from Spain to the U.S.? So yeah, I, um, you know, coming coming to the U.S. was uh, a very exciting uh, opportunity for me. Um, I came over uh, to Coach Club. Uh, obviously, at first it was challenging uh, because for 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 a foreigner uh, to come in uh, and deal with all the restrictions that you have as an immigrant, uh, that was a challenge. Um, Thankfully, uh, after uh, some time and a lot of work, that's that's not something I need to worry about anymore. Uh, and uh, something that honestly really attracted me from from the United States uh, soccer system was uh, the opportunities uh, to connect 
uh, coaching education with uh, higher education education and and the uh, and soccer, uh, which is something that uh, we don't really have in Europe. And um, I've always considered myself a highly um, uh, motivated person by uh, continuing learning and being able to be better, being able to get better through um, uh, coaching courses, through uh, uh, exchange of knowledge with uh, with your peers, uh, and I think something that's that that's something that is really really enhanced and celebrated in our community. I think United Soccer Coaches is a huge part of of uh, uh, of that puzzle. Um, and so, um, for me to discover how college soccer world and being able to get my master's degree over here and being able to um, obtain uh, new licenses and connect with a lot of different coaches that uh, know many things that I don't know and be able to bounce ideas off of them and, and share my share my ideas with them is something that I have thoroughly enjoyed. And I think that's been one of the main things that has uh, really uh, kept me connected or kept me, kept me engaged uh, uh, in the in the US soccer uh, environment. And that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy being a part of it uh, these days. Now, you were also part of United Soccer's um, 30 Under 30 class. Why is coaching education important to you? Well, as I, as I mentioned, I think uh, coaching education is um, just uh, a great tool. And um, I think anybody that embraces coaching education is really declaring um, himself or herself as uh, someone that... Uh, it's going to be a lifelong student that is someone that is never going to be done. Um, and I, I like to think of myself as, as such. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, no matter what license you have, no matter what license you get to, um, you're never going to be done learning. And so I think that offering opportunities to, to uh, obtain that knowledge and uh, offering opportunities and platforms where coaches can connect. Because at the end of the day, you know, coaching licenses, they're typically instructed by someone that has a higher license on paper than you do, but it's two coaches exchanging, exchanging ideas, right? And I think the way coaching education works these days, uh, the way that all, especially the coaches, but other soccer organizations structure their, their licenses, is it's an, it's an open system. It's, it's an exchange of ideas. It's not uh, a professor basically dictating here's how we do this, this, and that, but rather uh, I have some experience. Here's how I see this. How do you see it? How can we work together uh, to make each other better? I think that's the right approach. I think that's the approach that we also use with our players, right? When we are co coaching our players, a lot of times we make, uh, we try to make it, we try to make them part of the process and make it uh, collaborative. Um, and I think that coaching education is going in that direction, and and it's uh, a tool that can make everybody better, not just the the person that is uh, taking the license, but also the the person that is delivering the knowledge. Now, as, as as someone from Spain, growing up in in the era of possession based soccer, we we can see you knew the question was coming. You knew the question was coming. And, and the influence is had not only in Spain or in Europe, but really across the world, the coaching uh, and the coaches uh, that have come out of that, that tree. Uh, it, can you talk to a little bit about the influence of Spain, that methodology 
um, on the U.S. and and possibly all over the world? Yeah, I think um, it's funny you ask that question. I, I do I do discuss this often with uh, a lot of my peers. Um, I think around 2010 when uh, Pep Guardiola took over Barcelona and started to build that team that by preferred um, by many as one of the best teams to ever play the game. Um, you know, I think that he Guardiola didn't invent anything new. And he revamped all the ideas that he had grown with as a player in Barcelona Academy. And then uh, a lot of ideas that he learned from multiple coaches in the world that you can name. Uh, some more known, some less known, but main, mainly Johan Cruyff uh, and all the work that he did in Barcelona. Uh, he revamped those ideas. He kind of modernized them and, and got them ready for um, the modern soccer environment. And so he was so successful that I feel that team changed the game for the whole world at all levels of the game. And so maybe there's a lot of people that don't realize now that when UCA, um, any team these days playing high level or lower level club or college or the pros and you see clearly how they look to open up from this situation when the goalkeeper has the ball and how they look to press as soon as they lose the ball and how they position their players or even the, that 4 through 3 formation that he made. So uh, a lot of those ideas have become so prevalent because of that team. Uh, and I think that that Barcelona team in 20... Uh, I think it started 2008, 2009, 2010. That's the team that really inspired the whole world to, to, to play differently, to make adjustments for the Spanish national team. Got a lot of those Barcelona players and started to apply those ideas as well. Uh, but the impact that we've experienced in the last 10 to 12 years um, from that team in the whole world is, is quite impressive. And I think people sometimes don't realize that. Why do you think that it became it like obviously besides the success, right? Why do you think it became so popular not only to copy but to apply, right? Everyone everybody wanted to play possession and all of a sudden like the influence of that style that became very very obvious very very quickly. So I'm I'm wondering why you think that particular style became it took off like wildfire well i think nobody no kids start playing soccer because they want to defend quite personally and defending is so important though right defending is what can make you win championships uh i think looking at the u.s the college game there's massive differences between uh the game that we play here versus the game that can be played in spain um but I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that uh, everybody plays soccer because they want to have a soccer ball on their feet and they want to practice skills and they want to pass the ball to each other and they want to shoot and they want to score goals and they don't. They just want to keep the ball forever. That's, you know, when uh, you see a lot of these countries where less and less, unfortunately, but kids play soccer in the streets, you see them doing rondos and keepaways because, you know, that's what they enjoy the most. They don't want to be the one in the middle. They want to keep the ball and they want to make them they want to make the, the opposing players taste it. And so I think that idea of having the ball, uh, keeping the ball, being able to dictate what happens in the game, being able to 
a pretty beautiful things with the ball is uh, what people find really attractive. And of course, if you on top of that add that they they were so incredibly successful in doing so and they played so incredibly well. And even that they got the ball back pretty much as soon as they lost it, I think people were really inspired by that. I also think that when it comes to developing our youth, uh, every style of play is acceptable. Every style of play can lead to success. But if you want to develop players cognitively, mentally, you want to teach them the game, it is important that they learn how to play possession-oriented football. Not possession, obviously, for the sake of possession, but understanding of space, understanding the goal of the game for goals. We all know that, but how can they get there? Can they keep, do that in a controlled manner? Can they decay uh, or try to decay what happens with the game? Uh, can they try to connect with each other? Can they try to understand concepts such as time, space, etc.? That's what's really going to make them better soccer players. If they, if they end up playing in a team at a higher level that is more direct, that's okay, but playing direct, uh, more simplified soccer uh, when they're younger is not really going to develop them as much. And so I think that for teaching the game, uh, this methodology is definitely more um, um, interesting when we're looking at the at our youth. And speaking of youth, uh, how can we make it easier to translate these different ideas when we're coaching? I know for me, uh, for example, right? Sometimes when I'm, you know, I'm taking a course, I'm learning something new. Um, it takes time for me to comprehend certain ideas or even implement them. Like I can understand something that's being told or taught, and but but then there's the implementation process. And I know for me as an adult, it takes time for me to even comprehend and even be able to become a practitioner of any style or any methodology. So when we're talking about kids and youth. How can we make, how can we give them that information in a way that's easier for them to digest? Well, I think it's important to understand what context you're working within. Definitely uh, the age of your players, but also the level your players have. And uh, just try to adjust your teachings and, and whatever points you want to get across when you're teaching a session or planning a week or a month or a season out. Um, just know where they're at and where they can get, have realistic expectations. Uh, I always say, you know, coaching education is, is uh, something that doesn't end in your classroom or doesn't end in your computer when you're done with, you need to go out there and watch coaches in action, right? I think that's one of the best practices that sometimes people don't find time for or don't think of. Going out there and watching your peer coach because you're going to pick up so many things. And having open discussions even afterwards with them is something that is really beneficial. But uh, I think sometimes people do that and they see certain coach, maybe a higher level coach doing something and they think that they can apply that to their team when maybe their team is younger or their team is just not as skilled and they need to be, it's important to be aware of your own context and adjust uh, what you're doing to your own context. And so um, you need to get to obviously get to know your players, get to know uh, their skill level uh, and then just make any adjustments that might need to be made uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes there's little details you're not going to get to. You know, if you're doing a certain uh, possession activity uh, and you have 
20 teams that you want to hit uh, with a certain group, you might only need to get to or be able to get to one or two, the top one, two, three, and that's totally okay. Maybe you'll get to the fourth one next, but don't don't force yourself to deliver everything you want to deliver right away uh, because your points will get lost in a in a sea of knowledge uh, and, and they won't be able to process all the all the ideas that you try to get across. Yeah, and, and speaking of young players, right? How important is it to maybe get that higher level information to players who maybe don't have access to, you know, a, a clubs that may not exist in their communities or in their areas? How important is it to get that like that type of information to those communities and those players? Yeah, so I I I think there's um, a lot of amazing professionals working outside those uh, probably. Um, do an amazing job at taking care of their clubs, finding the right professionals to deliver the right uh, the right sessions, the right the right teachings to to their players. Um, it's it's a challenge. I think coaching education is the answer to this. Again, we need to make sure that we offer our coaches, uh, our members, United Soccer coaches, as many opportunities as possible so they can they can get better. Uh, they can help others get better. Uh, and I think there's there's some amazing clubs that do not play in, say, the DA, the ECNL, and the MLS Next. They, they have nothing to do with those competitions, but they still strive to do the right thing uh, for the right reasons. They, they want their players to get better. They want to offer them the best they can. Yeah, they want to develop them as people first, as players second. They want to make sure they uh, enhance their opportunities uh, to go and play at the next level. But obviously, it's going to be easier for a club that has uh, a stronger financial muscle to to get those professionals and deliver those deliver those contents, right? And so I think if we can continue to develop our, our members and we can continue to offer them opportunities, uh, the coaches, the director of coaching, uh, that is the way that we're going to be able to to enhance our our communities, no matter uh, and our clubs, no matter they are part of those top-tier level leagues uh, or not. Yeah, and I think it's super important that we spread the word about what United Soccer Coaches does offer in terms of education and scholarships, um, and not only for individuals, right, but also for clubs and groups of coaches um, that could benefit from, from a course in their area. And going back to your point, like education changes situations. And being able to deliver that information in any community is super important. And I think that more than anything, it's just about uh, having the awareness of what United Soccer Coaches or other similar associations can can bring to, to all our communities. So, uh, Mario, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being on. Um, real quick, before I let you go, ¿qué consejo le podemos dar a cualquier entrenador, entrenadora? que nos esté escuchando y a lo mejor están buscando a lo mejor una oportunidad, ¿qué consejo les darías? Pues que sean muy insistentes, que no se rindan, si realmente tienen un, un objetivo de, de conseguir llegar a cierta posición dentro del mundo de, del entrenamiento de fútbol, que, que sean insistentes, que, que busquen ayuda, que manden un email, un mensaje a, a la gente eh, que piensen que les pueden ayudar, yo siempre estoy dispuesto a ayudar, a, a quien quiera, a, a quien necesite ayuda y quiera pues, poner un pie dentro del, del mundo del fútbol, 
uh, pero lo importante es seguir buscando la siguiente oportunidad que va a estar allí uh, que si hay eh, corazón y, y, y hay eh, decisión y, y realmente hay, hay un objetivo claro que es llegar a cierto punto uh, mientras uh, las conexiones estén ahí o se construyan estas conexiones con, con gente que pueda ayudarte uh, al final siempre se va a conseguir así que no hay que creo que es muy importante que la gente siga sus objetivos y que no se rinda y, y que como comunidad la comunidad latina de United Soccer Coaches y, y todos los los que trabajamos con ella estamos aquí para ayudar a todo el mundo a conseguir sus objetivos, sus sueños y, y nada, que, que mucha fuerza y que, y que sigan trabajando. Gracias, Mario. Y, y bueno, no. Once again, uh, I want to thank United Soccer Coaches for giving the Latino Soccer Coaches community this podcast takeover. And now I turn it back to the host of the podcast. Dean Linky. Art Hernandez, what a superstar representing the Latino soccer coaches community in a first-class manner with a first-class guest in Mario. I like that guy a lot. We are not done as it's time to meet another member of the national staff office, a new hire, and we'll get to meet Michael Kodama when we return. When we United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. If you've been listening to the last several shows, you know I have a new favorite part of my show. It used to be getting to know the 30 under 30 members. Well, we've done that. Now it's getting to know all the fine members of the United Soccer Coaches staff at their office in Kansas City. And little by little, we're starting to meet everybody. Some of them have been there a while. Some of them are rather new. Michael Kadama who's the Coaches Community Relations Manager for United Soccer Coaches, a job that Lee Gerald kind of managed before. A lot of people listening in will know Lee as well. And Michael, we get to know you today. Michael, thank you so much for joining the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you for having me, Dean. Let's get to know you. And look, this is a podcast, so please don't cut corners. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us about your family. Tell us the stuff you've done and how we ended up finding you now at United Soccer Coaches. Share your story, please, sir. I grew up in uh, Los Angeles, California, in the San Fernando Valley. Grew up playing multiple sports and fell into soccer. The reason I got into soccer is my younger brother was playing. And then a few years later, um, when I was even before I can drive, I was 15 years old. The AYSO commissioner where I was playing uh, in Region 29 um, in the Valley, he's pointed at the coach and said, hey, this guy has an older brother who's playing. He can help you coach. So there it goes. That's how I got started and, and coached a club and coached AYSO and then uh, coached uh, high school for 30 years and then ended up at uh, United Soccer Coaches uh, when they were looking for a community relations manager working for the eight communities. So that was uh, earlier this year. But I've been a member of United Soccer Coaches for over 30 years and been involved. Um, my uh, wife, Christina, will be joining me here shortly. She's closing up things in California, and I have uh, two boys in Southern California, one in New York. There's a son and daughter in Florida, so we're all over the place. 
Wait, is there five kids then? Is there? Yeah. All right. Good for you guys. That's a great big family. That's awesome. And, you know, speaking of family, hopefully, you know, because you've been a member for a long time, you get the fact that uh, United Soccer Coaches is very much a family, and that includes the National Staff Office. Can you touch on that? Sure. No, the National Staff Office has been great to work with, welcoming with open arms and then, you know, uh, building off what Lee Gerald's done for for a while. I've seen her work, you know, uh, uh, as a member, as uh, both, uh, involved with the high school group and involved with the uh, uh, API coaches community. So I've seen what she's done and just building up what, uh, what staff here is doing and working with everyone, but a great group. Bouncing around with Michael Kadama, the coaches community relations manager. They're now called coaching communities. They used to be called advocacy groups in case anybody's confused at all. That's been a very important part of United Soccer Coaches for several years now. And the important part is wrapping our arms around everybody. Doesn't matter what you look like or who you like. We want everybody to feel comfortable at United Soccer Coaches, correct? Correct. Absolutely. All about inclusive and being inclusive and, uh, bringing everyone in and uh, providing something, a little something for everyone in the coaching community. Let's go back to those five kids of yours. Were they, any of them soccer players, Michael? Yeah, they've all played. The boys all played for me over at the high school. So, and uh, yeah, but they've all, all grew up playing soccer. When you think about your time as a coach, because you've been a longtime member, and this is always tough, but I'm going to ask you to try, and it can even be, you know, more about just being around the kids and stuff, but what, what is your best memories of your time as a coach? You know, I've coached everything from the youngest ones when they're first starting at six years old, where you get them just to chase soccer balls to the high schools and been in all, involved with high school all-star teams. been fortunate enough to meet many people in a variety of different uh, places on, in the game. I'd say probably uh, some of my favorite moments are uh, the alumni who come back. And when, you know, and when they make an effort to come back and see you, it means, it means quite a bit. And then I get to ask them what it was really like and, and to, to play for me. And, but if they're making an effort to come back, I figure as a coach, I'm doing something yeah, amen. That means they enjoyed their time and they enjoyed you, which everybody has told me that that's exactly who you are, which is, you know, what what I like as well as we're here with Michael Kadama, the coaches community relations manager. And and Michael, so what ethnicity are you? Because I think about inclusive and the fact that, you know, Ashusak Swena has done an incredible job with the API community. I'm thinking that's where you might fit in, but I'm not totally sure. Michael, help me out there. Yeah, no, I'm uh, uh, born and raised in California. My uh, background is I'm Japanese American, so I've been involved in, in community work oh, forever. But then uh, the community, my, uh, my own immediate family goes back to the turn of the century. We've been in various places, but yeah, involved with the community and other groups as well. So yeah, that would be part of the API community. Awesome. And they seem to be growing and, and really getting some traction. I mean, they have some impressive, impressive people that are part of that community. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then they've done a lot of great work under Ashu's leadership and others and Neil and you go on on Johnny. There's, there's a whole bunch of people there working away on behalf of the community and, as, and the coaching community too. Kat and I could keep going. Yeah. Well, they're all important, I think, timing wise right now. And so just to make sure, you know, Nicole and Haley, we still love you and we love all the other ones. But, you know, right now, Hispanic Heritage Month is going on. So we're going to open up the podcast periodically over the next month to the Latino soccer coaches, which I think is really exciting. And then, of course, Cage Leitner, who heads up the LGBTQ uh, and allies community, they've got a big week that's been going on this week as well. Can you touch on those two? There's a lot of going on right now. Um, uh, Cage and then the group, is, uh, 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 the Pride Week's happening. So 
um, that's out there. And uh, um, we hope that, um, uh, I, know, I know we had shoelaces going out to different people. So uh, the teams are wearing those, um, that's important. And then Hispanic Heritage Month is going on. And there's also um, a coaching class that's gonna be done in Spanish that's being done uh, with uh, Vince and Jordan, the whole group over here. So it's great work. All right. Bailey Conklin said that I would really enjoy you, that you're infectious, and she even undersold. You're awesome. Michael Kadama, the coaches, community relations manager. Just two more questions with you, if I can. So, you know, now that you're in in Kansas City and your wife's going to be coming soon, but, you know, you wake up every day to go in for this job. What excites you the most about waking up every day to come into this job? Kind of funny is when I was looking at applying for this job, talking with Christine and, and asking about it, she said, well, you know, you do this all day anyway. So what you're going to do is you're actually going to uh, uh, switch your profession and be with coaches all day long. So getting up in the morning and knowing that we're here helping coaches across the country, that's what gets me up in the morning. All right. And we'll end with this. If you've listened to any of the other interviews, I simply ask what these three words mean to you. And these three words are three words that you see every day, United Soccer Coaches. What do what those three words mean to you, Michael? United Soccer Coaches to me means that we're all working together in the game that we love and uh, helping coaches across the country. And, and now we have coaches coming in from across the world. To me, that's what it's all about, helping coaches and helping the game and getting better. This was really good. Michael Kadama, the coaches community relations manager. And man, Michael, really enjoyed it. Hope you did. Thanks so much for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Michael was great, just as Bailey said he would be. And I do want to remind you that Michael had two brothers who coached soccer and his father coached baseball for many years. Also, Rich Manning, the assistant coach for the Northwestern Women, which, by the way, are in the top 10. He was on the show a couple weeks ago, and Michael and Rich both came from Winnetka and Region 29 in the San Fernando Valley. I like that tie-in as well. I like Michael. I like all of our amazing guests, starting with Jeff Van Dusen, the CEO who kicked it off, talking about the new initiative, the training ground. For all of our guests and our producer, Colin Thrash, as well as Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, and the great people at United Soccer Coaches, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.